In the new year, there are lots of things that happen. One of the things that we tell ourselves is this. Um, how come the years seem to fly by? All right? Uh, and it's true. I just turned 60 a few days ago. Um, it's true, a few days, come on. Uh, just a few days ago, I turned 60. And um, I look back and I was just talking to my sister. I said, I remember the time where my grandmother turned 60. And she was old. And I just turned 60. I don't feel old, but I guess I probably am. Uh, it won't be very long before, God willing, I will be standing here and somebody will be praying over me. And my time will come for me to step down as senior pastor. It's inevitable. We all grow old. And time is sometimes not on our side. But, you know... Um, I remember reading. This is what happens when you grow old. The glint in your eyes, no longer that of youthfulness, but it's the light hitting your bifocals. You bite into a juicy steak and your teeth remain there. You see your wife and you look into her eyes and then you reach out and you turn off the lights. Not for romantic reasons, but for economic reasons. And you know you're getting old. It's a time where your knees begin to buckle, but your belt won't. And these are things that happen as you grow older. Now, in the new year, I was just looking at some of the statements, um, you know, on the internet pertaining to time. And it says here, Dr. Seuss, the one who wrote, uh, uh, what, uh, when the Grinch stole Christmas, how the Grinch stole Christmas, he said, how did it get so late so soon? Nelson Mandela said this, we must use time wisely and forever realize that the time is always ripe to do right. Someone else said this, the way you spend your time on a daily basis highlights your priorities. Steve Jobs said this, Your time is limited, so don't waste it, living somebody else's life. You know, when I was young, I always see this anonymous, and I wonder, well, this guy wrote a lot of stuff. Who is he? Every time I see a statement, I see anonymous has done it. He's a pretty wise man. So anonymous wrote this. He says, be selective with who you invest your time. Wasted time is worse than wasted money. And one of my friends put this out on his Facebook post. He said, Happy New Year, everyone. Live life to the fullest daily, for we do not know how much time we have on this earth. We do not know how much time we have on this earth. And that's so true. At the brink of 2020, December 31st, 2019, we looked at 2020 and we wondered what would happen. Nobody envisaged a global pandemic the way we have been a subject to. No one envisaged that. My family, we had family members that had cancer. We had my mother-in-law uh, going home to be with God. 
I see my mom getting much older and becoming more and more forgetful as dementia begins to, to ravage her mind. Are these things happening just in a space of a year. We saw many, many people around the world dying of a, of a, of, of, of a disease, of an ailment that people did not have a cure for. Who would have guessed? Who would have guessed? And so my friend said this, we don't know what will happen tomorrow, so make the best use of our time. Now this morning, my message is entitled, Once Upon a Time. It's all about time this morning. Um, and I want to just begin by just saying this, uh, relating to you this incident. All right? 12th November, 2001. American Airlines Flight 587, en route to Santa Domingo in the Dominican Republic, crashed in Queens, New York shortly after takeoff from JFK Airport, New York. The plane crashed. It wasn't more than five minutes. It crashed. 251 passengers, nine crew members, and a further five people on the ground were killed instantly. Now, on board the plane... Among the victims were two. Felix Sanchez. Sanchez, 29 years old. He was a broker with Merrill Lynch. And a girl by the name of Hilda Mayer, 26 years old. She was a waitress. Both were on board on the way to, uh, to the Dominican Republic. When the plane crashed, both died. Why, do I why did I mention both their names? Just two months earlier, on the 11th of September, 2001, both Felix Sanchez and Hilda Mayer were in the World Trade Center building where they were both working. When the attack, when the September 11 attack happened, and both of them were able to escape the building just before it collapsed. And they barely made it out alive, and they escaped death just two months earlier, on the 11th of September, 2001. And two months later, on the 12th of November, they happened to be sitting in this plane that crashed, killing them both, having just escaped death two months earlier. You know, you sit down and you think about it and you say, wow, what are the odds of something like that happening? What are the odds? What was, you know, you can't even imagine why would they have survived if they were only going to die two months later. Now, we don't have the answers to this. But we do know this. There is a saying that time waits for no man. That it happens every time. As we stand at the brink of a new year, it is good for us to look and think about time. Time means different things to different people. All right? Uh, for, for, for a new father, for a new father, 20 years 
It's, it's important to him because in the 20 years, his children would have been educated, would have grown up, and he would have been able to educate his children. And then he would feel that I've done what I should have done. For a 10-year-old boy, eight years is something he looks forward to because in eight years, he would be able to drive. And he would want to be like his daddy and his mommy. He would like to be, in my case, I would like to be like the taxi man. You know, that was my ambition. Good grief. It was my ambition. When I was young, they asked me, what do you like to do? I like to be a taxi driver. Why? Because I, I, I just love to drive. And I think until today, I, I still love driving. A first-year medical student, five years would make all the difference in the world because she would graduate then. For a cancer patient, one year would make a world of difference. For a woman who just tested positive for pregnancy, nine months would make a whole world of difference. For a young bride-to-be on the eve of her wedding, 24 hours would make the world of difference to her. For a football manager whose team is in the finals, 90 minutes would make the world of difference between glory or defeat. For a man catching the last train, five minutes would make a world of difference between catching it or missing it. For an athlete in a 100-meter dash, 0.01 seconds would mean either winning or losing. So time is relative. It, it's, it means different things to different people, the length of time. Now I want to turn to scriptures, to Psalm 39, and I'm going to read to you from the NLV version, the New Life version. Psalm 39, verse 4. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. Ephesians Chapter 5, verse 15. So be careful how you live. Live as men who are wise and not foolish. Make the best use of your time. These are sinful days. Do not be foolish. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. Now this morning, there are just four points to my, to my sermon. This sermon entitled, Once Upon a Time. Just four points. And the first point is this. The right purpose. The right purpose. You know, I am born for a purpose. You are born for a purpose. We we are all born for a purpose. Rick Warren, in his best-selling book, A Purpose-Driven Life, the tagline for that is, what on earth are you here for? 
That's the tagline for that book. What on earth are you there for? And I remember growing up when I was in school and I was sharing the gospel to, to my friends in school. One of the questions my friends would ask is, I want to know the meaning of life. I want to know the purpose of my life. And, you know, I get excited when someone asks this because there's an opportunity to share the good news that God has given each one of us a purpose and a reason for living. But it troubles me in, at my age now when I listen to Christians unsure of their own purpose to living. If you are a Christian, there is no excuse because the reason you came to Jesus is because you had no reason, no purpose, no, um, uh, there was nothing for you in life. And so you wanted some meaning to your life, you wanted some purpose to your living, and so you came to Jesus. And so now you should know what you're here for. You should understand your purpose in life. What did God raise you up to do? What has God wired you to do? Because God chose you for a purpose. I am born for a purpose. So the questions that we need to ask ourselves are these two questions. What am I here for? What are you here for? If you cannot answer that question, I urge you today, at the beginning of 2021, to sit down with God with a blank piece of paper and ask Him this question. Lord, what am I here for? Tell me. I want to know. And then as the Holy Spirit begins to deposit into your spirit, write it down. Write it down so you won't forget. What am I here for? Second question you need to ask, once you hear from God what your purpose to living is, the second question is, so what am I going to do about it? It's one thing to know your purpose. It's another thing to know what you're going to do about it. You know, when um, some of you would know Brother Agus Gunario of Indonesia, and this is a question he always asks. It's not about what you know. It's about what you do with what you know. It's not about what you know. It is about what you do with what you know. So the right purpose. Now the second point this morning is this. The right priorities. The right priorities. How do I know what my priorities are? Of course, it's tied into your purpose. If you know your purpose, then you, know your, then you will be able to define your priorities. You've got to identify what the non-negotiables are. These things I cannot change. These things I will not change because this is what God wants of me. And God, God has uh, set me up to do. So identify what the non-negotiables are. And put them on your priority list. Put them on your priority list. For me, my non-negotiables, my family, my wife, my kids, my God, my church. 
Of course, God comes first, right? Non-negotiable. My wife comes second, my kids third, my church fourth. Those are my non-negotiables. You know, when I was working in the Star, um, I had a couple of promotions, and then I was, I was, uh, the, the, my bosses spoke to me the usual end of year assessment thing, and they told me that I, you know, I, I've been shortlisted for another promotion. Um, and I actually turned around and I told my boss, actually, boss, I'm on the verge to pass you this letter of resignation. And my boss had a shock. He said, why? You're doing so well. We have already shortlisted you to, be, to, you know, to, 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 to become uh, assistant manager. And, you know, I, I, I told him this. I said, no, your expectations of me are too high. You want me to jump higher, run faster, you know, jump further? I can't do that. Um, because I said, there are some things in my life I cannot change. I cannot change my wife. I can't change my family. I cannot change my God. I cannot change my church. But if push comes to shove and you corner me, I can change my job. So although I value my job and I value the salary I got, I said, this can never be my top priority, which you expect of me. So I will always not be able to give you what you want. So we've got to identify the non-negotiables and put them on our priority list. Remember Matthew 6.33. This is my wife's favorite verse. Seek first God's kingdom and all and His righteousness and all the other things God would put in its proper place for you. But you've got to seek first. If you want to see things fall in its proper place, it's possible. But first, you've got to seek God and His righteousness. You know, I, I, I love this statement, I think, by C.S. Lewis, if I'm not mistaken. He said, Aim for heaven, and God will throw in the the world with it. But if you aim for the world, you will get nothing. Aim for heaven and God will throw in the world for you. But when you aim for the world, you would get nothing. So your priorities. And then you've got to identify distractions and avoid them. You know, in our life, there are always distractions. When we are on the verge, when I was on the verge, when I was on the verge of, of, of going full-time, I remember. I was struggling with the issue of income. I was saying, okay, if I go full-time, what's going to happen? Because I'm not going to ask the church to pay. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to have to trust God and, and live on faith. And, and in that time of, of, of great struggle, personal struggle, um, we, had, we did very well as a company. My company did very well. And our bonuses and our, uh, you know, um, uh, director's fees and all were, were more than we ever got before. And I was thinking, oh, this makes it even more difficult. And then I realized this is a distraction. It's a distraction. It was, while it looked like a great blessing, but it could also be the ploy of the enemy to derail me. And so I've had to say no to that because I recognize it as a distraction. 
So in our own lives, what could be our distractions? It could be our jobs. It could well be a relationship. You know, when we pursue something, a relationship, and, and then realize that this relationship isn't uh, really encouraging me in my walk with the Lord. So what happens then? Wouldn't that be a distraction to God's call over your life? The third point, the right perspectives. The right perspectives. We were created, listen church, we were created for eternity. And in the light of eternity, our time here is brief. You know, we may think, wow, you, will, you, you live till you're 80, till you're 90. That's a long life. But it's relative, isn't it? In the light of eternity, that's nothing. The Bible tells us, and we read just now, you have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. You remember this? I did this once with you. This is my life. This. This yellow thing. It's, in fact, it's, long, it's bigger than the width of my hand. The scripture says, you have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just like a moment. Just like a moment to you. Because at the end of the day, this is your life. All right? This is, your life. this is your life on earth. This is your life in terms of eternity. It goes on and on and on and on and on. It goes on. There are no knots, by the way, in eternity. Okay? That happens only on earth. Pretend there are no knots. So it goes on and on. But the problem is, many of us are so caught up with this little bit. And for us, this little bit makes all the difference. It doesn't. This little bit prepares us for all of this, all of eternity. So don't make your life all about this little bit. That would be stupid. I just read uh, a, a quote by somebody who said, when you give up Christ for the world, you're really giving up diamonds for dirt. You're giving up diamonds for dirt. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. And it's over. The Bible says our life is like a mist. When the sun comes up, it's gone. So the right perspectives. We were created for eternity. What we do here will determine our rewards in heaven. What we do here. Sometimes we, we act as if this is the only thing there is. That this is the real thing. This is nothing. It's a mirage. It looks real. It looks enticing. But it's not. It will pass. And every time you think you reach your goal... It's not there. Because what the world can offer you is just a mirage. But when we know that we are created for eternity and we live our lives in preparation for the next one, we, the Bible says we accumulate treasures in heaven. 
what we do here will determine our rewards in heaven. What we'll do here will affect the church and our community. Sometimes we think that, ah, this is my business, I'm alone. You're not. What you do here will affect the body of believers, will affect the whole church community. That's, that, that's what the Bible tells us, that we are a body. And so we would affect each other. And what we, and what we do here will also affect the community. Because when one man, see like Pastor Padi, what he has done is encouraged us, made this church stronger. It has given us the impetus and the encouragement to go outside the church walls. And now we're beginning to impact other nations. See, you can do so much more if you understand your purpose. And you make good use of your time. When you get the right perspectives. You know, when we go to India, we, we go largely on our own expenses. Largely. There's a small bit of, of um, a compensation that the church would give. Very minimum, but it doesn't cover anything. I mean, this hardly covers... Uh, you know, even less than half the trip it would cover, maybe two days of the many days that we are there. But, you know, it's our joy to continue to do this because we understand the perspectives. We understand that this is for eternity. We understand that we are sowing into the kingdom and we cannot lose if we sow into the kingdom. We cannot lose. What we'll do here will affect our church, our community. It will affect our rewards in heaven. It will determine our rewards. Finally, the right plans. In light of the right purpose, the right priorities, and the right perspectives, what then are your plans? So once you have determined your purpose, you've listed your priorities, You've begun to understand things from the right perspective. You've got to start to plan. You've got to start to be determined to make sure that, okay, now that I know these things, what am I going to do? Okay, what are your plans? Ephesians chapter 5, we read it just now, says, So be careful how you live. Live as men who are wise and not foolish. Make the best use of your time. These are sinful days. Do not be foolish. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. Make the best use of your time. It's time for assessment at the beginning of this year. Are my plans for my life in alignment with God's purpose for me? Because if it's not, then it would probably be a distraction. Are my plans for my life in alignment with God's purpose for me. Is my pursuit of this particular course in my university, is that in alignment with God's purpose for my life? Or is it because I know I can make big bucks? That's all. Is my pursuit in this relationship in alignment with God's purpose for my life? Or is it because I'm just attracted to her or attracted to him? Oh, I, I'm desperate. I need a partner. Because if it doesn't line up with God's purpose, let me tell you, we are in for a difficult time. Because you're going to end up doing nothing but just 
you know, fizzling out in this world. You know, I, I, I've never seen a meteor. I would love to see one. But I've seen many stars in the sky. You know, a meteor is more spectacular. It comes into your night sky and it goes, goes across the sky. It's got this brilliant tail, blazing tail behind it. And people will look at it and go, whoo, and ah, and, and then it, it goes. And what actually happens to a meteor is that it burns up in the atmosphere and that's it. It's never to be seen again. Short burst, spectacular, and then gone forever. Whereas when you look at the stars, they are more constant. They are there in the sky. But you know, many of us don't realize when you look at the stars at night, many of them had died out long ago. But because of their distance, their light still comes to us and we see, those, we see, the, we see the light. But in reality, some of those stars have died out, have extinguished. But we still get to enjoy their light. And that's what I want to be. And that's what we should all aim to be. Not meteors that come on the stage of life for a short while and, you know, look so spectacular and then it just fizzles out and it goes never to be seen again. I want to be a star. I want to be able to shine. Long after I'm gone to have my influence bless other people. I'm sure you heard Pastor Padi, when he talked about the team we have, the council. And I can say this, I call my council the dream team. Because I know each one of them feel the same way I do. We don't want to be meteors. We want to be stars. So I'm just going to close very quickly with quick take-homes, okay? My daughter warned me that my take-homes are very long. I'm just going to make it quick. Number one, everybody dies, but very few people live, really live. And that is true, isn't it, when you think about it? Everybody dies, but very few people truly live. The Bible tells us, Jesus tells us, I've come to give you life and life in all its fullness. Fullness of life does not mean you just sit down, kick up your legs, enjoy the breeze with a cold glass of lemonade in your hand. That is not the abundant life. The abundant life is the life filled with purpose and meaning. That at the end of the life, you look back and you have a sense of accomplishment and purpose and fulfillment. Everybody dies, but very few people really live. Number two, we are created for eternity. Our priorities and our plans must intentionally reflect that. Do, do your priorities and your plans intentionally reflect the fact that you were made for eternity? I'm going to save up so that I can buy a big house. I'm going to save up so that I can go traveling. Now, I'm not saying these things are wrong. I love traveling. And I love big houses. Only that uh, my big house is there in heaven. Mansions. The Bible tells me about mansions. So Lord, I'm holding you to that. But, but I love traveling. But you, you know what? My priorities and my plans should intentionally reflect 
my eternal purpose. Number three, my sense of accomplishment is directly linked to the pursuit of my purpose. Now, if you are in pursuit of your own agendas and goals, let me tell you this. You may get some success in life. You may get some things that you enjoy very much. But at the end of the day, you would look back and you would have no real sense of accomplishment. You will have no real sense of fulfillment because you were not made for those things. But when you are in full pursuit of your purpose, there will be a sense of accomplishment at the end of your life, at the end of your short time. All right? Here. Number four, distraction is the enemy's ploy to derail us and defeat us. It's not just about derailing us. It would also defeat us. So that we reach the end of our lives and we turn back and we say these terrible words, if only I had. If only I had. Distractions will not just derail us. Distractions will defeat us. Number five. We number our days by making our lives count. The Bible tells us number your days. How do we number your days? We number our days by making our lives count. Our lives must impact somebody. Our lives must leave behind an indelible uh, influence or mark on other people. When we go, people must miss us. This person made a difference to me. I heard the gospel because of this person. I saw that God was real because of this person. We number our days by making our lives count. Let's bow our heads. For everything, there is a season. Ecclesiastes 3. A time for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill. A time to heal. A time to tear down. And a time to build up. And verse 11 says, Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Your time here should be determined by your perspective of eternity. He has put eternity into the hearts of men. So know your purpose. Pursue it. You know, when you do that, every story that, beginning, that begins with once upon a time always ends with happily ever after. And that is what I'm wishing you this new year. And it's a happily ever after life for you, not just here, but for eternity. Father, we want to thank you so much that, Lord, we were not created to merely exist. We were created to live, Lord, live, really live. 
We were truly born for more. That is the tagline of INC, but Lord, we know how true it is to us, for us all individually. Thank you. Thank you for saving us. Giving us meaning and purpose to our living. Thank you for being our rock. Thank you for being our savior. Thank you for being our Lord. Thank you for being our master. Thank you for being our life and our truth. Lord, we want to surrender our lives to you the beginning of this year. May 2021 be our best year yet. And all of God's people say, Amen.